Hey, what's up? Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, you <laughs> Cheers with water. <laughs> well, I figure it's it's noon. Might as well uh, might as well have it. <laughs> what are you drinking, uh, David? Drinking a uh, Saint Bernardus Belgian Belgian beer. That's a good one. Yeah, delicious. Nice. It looks it looks strong. It is, and it's like it's one of those beer. I don't really buy them that often because they're that strong. But I figure uh, I'll you know kick start it off uh, today. <laughs> Yeah, I, we had some um, Belgian friends over in the studio and they brought um, um, a whole selection of Belgian beers. And um, their theory about drinking Belgian beer is you start with um, the strongest and then build down. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's their, their, I don't know, it's, it's their, uh, that's their, uh, their theory. I don't know if that's a, a common thing to, to do, but um, anyway. That's, it kind of uh, makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Generally, generally, it's the other way around. You start light and you go heavy. But <laughs> hey, the Belgians—I mean, I would—I would think they know about it. They know something about it because they make amazing beers. So mm. anyway, absolutely. So doing? good to see you all. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Adriana, James, and uh, David, welcome. Thank and, you. And also the um, the people in the, who are joining us on uh, on YouTube. Uh, for those who don't know, they can. Um, uh, leave comments uh, in YouTube if they want to uh, have if they have any questions or they want to talk to us uh, directly. And uh, I believe we are trying Twitch today for the first time, um, so there should be uh, a link somewhere. Where was it? <coughs> it's a Twitch.tv/storelab. S T O O R L E L A B. So we'll see how that's going to work out because those should all also be possible for people who watch there it should also be possible to send us comments that we receive here so um let's see how that goes um <laughs> you, you have you ever have you ever used twitch this is the first time we're uh, we're trying twitch but have yet. you have you ever like been on it or oh yeah 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 sure yeah because yeah. yeah. you know that what, what is it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's another it's another video streaming platform, but oh, it's, okay. it's mainly for people who play video games and mm -hmm. like they just stream oh, yeah. play games. But like I don't know what it's called. I'm not super like familiar with Twitch, but uh, um, you can do this thing called a swarm. So like, there's an if another stream is happening, somebody can take all their people that are viewing that stream and like and raid yours. So then all of a sudden you just have people in the comments that from a completely different stream. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of interesting it, and funny at the it, same is, time. Is that, is that useful? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's good for the, for the stream because then that means it ups your viewer count, but it could be from, oh, I uh, see. Okay. it could be somebody that's streaming from, um, you know, some video game. And then like they're all of a sudden they bring it over to us and like, what the hell is this? Who the hell are these people? Kind of yeah, fun. it's an experiment. We'll, we'll have to see, but I mean, um, you know, the more channels, the better. I guess you know, we'll uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, but uh, yeah. So, think, oh, oh yeah. sorry. No, no, no. Go on. No, I was going to say, and I think now with the live streams, Facebook is killing the music uh, live streams. Do you guys hear about that? What happened? No, no, no. no. You mean uh, you mean the copyright issues and stuff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they shut so, them like down after like yeah, half so, an like, hour think, or something. 
I think uh, they say like October 1st that any like DJ live streams, they're just, they won't even happen. Anymore. Yeah. Oh, I, I had heard this. It's all due to, to copyright and uh, publishing um, infringements, etc. Is that yeah. what the, the like, thinking they're, behind it? I think they're like cracking down really hard on it now. Right. So everyone's moving over to Twitch because they're a bit more lenient, um, I think. Mm. Okay. Until they until they, uh, uh, they make it tighter as well, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. you know, the record companies and businesses want to they want to get paid. They want their money. <laughs> and the artists, maybe. Well, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the big labels that are the ones that are cracking down. You know. Yeah. yeah. The well, it makes it makes it makes it makes sense, but you know, it's it's funny that you know, with the amount of technology and smart people working in this industry, that there's still no way to watermark tracks or to have like a um, a solid system which identifies uh, things and and basically sends the money to the appropriate receiver. You know, mm-hmm. um, so uh, but it's coming. There's a few people working on it. There's this thing, um, I've forgotten the name, but there's uh, you know, Image and Heap. The artist, yeah, yeah, um, she's working or she's supporting something which uh, which is which should take care of that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll probably see a lot of <clears throat> things coming in the future. But um, right now, it's still a bit of a wild west situation, I guess. I mean, I think I, I think in the, in the in the climate these days, it's it couldn't be a better time for the music industry and uh, everyone to come together to try and create revenue from making music, as as mm. obviously our touring as as has disappeared and uh you know um i think we'd all uh, would love to, to to have some kind of revenue from the hours that we spend making music rather than it just being a calling card to to get yes. gigs mm-hmm. yeah that's true but actually with the situation also it's it's a bit difficult also to sell the amount of tracks uh you were selling before because people aren't digging you know so yeah it's a bit tricky yeah yeah that's the thing and buying music. Um, not much people are buying yeah. downloads anymore. Not like before. No. Streaming. Yeah. Well, but they they pay for streaming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the interesting Some part. Tiny a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I know Mix Mixcloud is doing the. Um, uh, like the track ID, the watermark thing, apparently pretty well. So like people could pay a subscription and DJs could play their music uh, like a normal DJ mix and the, the labels and the artists will get paid. I don't know what the number is, but I think they have a the system in place to do that. Okay. Oh, yeah. and I, had, I had sort of wondered whether... Um, whether Bandcamp would would sort of take the reins with this and try to come up with a, a streaming service that seems to be a, a much more on a level playing field than what we're dealing with with uh, the, you know the usual suspects at the moment, um, mm. because they're they're, they're obviously um, supportive and passionate about uh, giving artists the platform to to at least attempt to make a living out of it. So mm. if if I think if they were in a position to to sort of take that to the next step, it would be a very interesting um, um, uh, chain of events for for independent uh, music makers. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think Bandcamp is is I think they're the attractive thing for people is that it's. Um, it feels like being in a record shop, you know, like an old yeah. record shop. 
and um, it's a really good place to discover things. You can see, uh, you know, from from pe- what people support. You can check out people's playlists and stuff. It's that that you know the playlist thing is is similar to, um, of course, all these all these uh, platforms have playlists. Spotify as well, but they're on on Bandcamp. They're not curated. They're basically based on support and actual record yeah. sales. You know, um, so you you can you can really uh, discover things there that way. In in, uh, in yeah. I think more than discovering things through algorithms, you know, because usually they're wrong, <laughs> at least, at least uh, about my yeah. take. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I completely yeah. agree. They, they're invariably wrong. Yeah, so um, if you're the kind of person who likes to search for things and likes to dig, you know, um, for music, then I think Bandcamp is a, is a really nice place to be. Mm. Yeah. And it's, um, it's easy to set up, I guess, you know, it's uh, direct to the artist or the label or whatever. So are you yeah. on Bandcamp, James? You, you are. I am. Yes, I, I think I was. I was quite late to the to the party, so I'd say it's been about a year um, mm. of, of of doing it, and I, I think the the level of support that they've shown um, in any way they can for 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 struggling artists, I think is is uh, it's a really positive thing in in a bleak mm-hmm. uh, outlook for for the music industry in general. That you know they they're not trying to suck the land dry they're attempting to keep people making music so you know so they can they feel some worth in doing it and and hopefully can pay some bills and um i think their approach is is so refreshing um with with the music industry in general not just for electronic music but just you know the whole the whole scene you know it's 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 very um a very positive platform i i feel Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've been using it actually since I created my label, uh, Grey Report, mm. and it's with the years it's been like uh, getting bigger and bigger, more buyers yeah. and more support, and yeah. yeah. I think, I think this this, idea, this direct contact is 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 yes. really great. You know, you 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 have an instant kind of um, gauge of, of of what's happening with with uh, with your music, and uh, the kind of machine is taken out of it. Your uh, you're kind of face to face with the mm-hmm. with the end user, and that that I, I, I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me of, of uh, a, a lot of how things were were working in the nineties. I mean, I don't want to say it was a be- it was better years ago. I, that's not what I'm trying to say. But it, we there was a lot of people that weren't necessarily industry um, savvy that were running labels, running distribution companies, and there was more of a, a community about it. Everyone wanted everyone to 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 get something from it rather than certain elements trying to remove everything they can from it just mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah but also, uh, i like the and i like with with Bandcamp is like you you basically you, anyone can put their music up for sale and it's pretty much instant you know you upload something and bam it's already up there instead of like having to go through a distributor and have to wait to go through all the channels and just like boom it's already right there ready to go you know, in five minutes, if you want to do it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, true. Which, which brings us back to well, it sort of opens up a question of, um, you know, I mean, how do you guys feel the the relevance of, of vinyl with, with today's market? The, you know, <laughs> the, the, the physical product. Or is that, are we kind of are we just going off on one now about the you know the state of the music scene and not how we make it? I don't know, but <laughs> it, it, it'd be interesting to know what you what you how you feel about. Um, Actually, where we I, are with that. I I do still play with vinyl. Like I mix both uh, 
whiskey and vinyl actually. But mm. I feel that, uh, yeah, it's still selling, and uh, but but the big the big uh, amount of money you get on the label, for example, it's it's not it's not coming from the vinyl. Uh, right. Yeah, there's right. a lot of technology that that. Uh, DJs can use to play uh, with a computer or with the CDJs, and it's easier. So, so it's it's yeah. going to be there for sure. But I think it's more uh, the collectors for for collectors now. Yeah, huh? I actually I actually heard that vinyl sales outsold CDs for the first time since like the eighties this year. Yeah, I, I read that as well. Yeah, that actually does surprise me. Yeah, well, does, <laughs> I mean, is that good or bad? Because who buys CDs, you know? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think, I think you know, it's final is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing that is, um, uh, it's a physical thing, you know, it's a whole different way of uh, uh, having the feeling to own something. If you, if yeah. you have a, a piece of vinyl, it's in your uh, your rack or in your crate or whatever or on the wall if you really like the artwork and and it's a, a different listening ritual as well because um you can whatever thing you use to play your mp3s or 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 uh, or WAV files or whatever uh you can really quickly flip through them and um that makes you kind of um not paying attention as much i guess and if if you sit down or uh put on a record and um, play the whole thing from start to finish. Um, yeah, it's a different. It focuses you more on the music, I guess. It's um, well, there's, there's also a process looking at a screen, record, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it's the ritual. Yeah, you're not looking mm. at a screen, and you you just pay attention to the music. So I think that's there's some value in that, and and also having having an actual physical thing that you own um, mm. means for me at least. I think that that it's. Um, Use, you have more of an idea that you, you bought a product of something you support, of an artist you support, uh, more than you know, paying or clicking something on, on Spotify or, or buying an MP3 for one euro or something. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a more dedicated uh, uh, decision. You know? So it's, um, um, yeah, just, uh, in, in, and that way it becomes more valuable for, for, for both the, the artist and the, and the listener. It's, um, I think, and it's, it's of course very niche, you know, but it's, um, um, yeah, we, we, we cut vinyl here at store just because, um, it is, is it, it's also a way to archive things in a proper way because so far it's been the only physical medium that has outlasted, uh, pretty much everything else that came before it and, uh, or not before it, but that came after it. I mean, vinyl is the first pretty much uh, medium to multiply mm -hmm. copies of music and distribute them. And uh, in the meantime, we've had tape, uh, which didn't make it or I mean, it's still it's still around, but it's not really a, a medium uh, that people can actually play. And then we've had all the digital formats, uh, which yeah. uh, came and went. And I'm sure if I buy if I dig a big hole in the, in the forest and uh, put my vinyl in there in a, in a watertight box and you dig them up in 500 years, you can still play them, you know, and mm. all the MP3s and everything else that has existed in the meantime will be gone. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm not saying that it's, um, you know, it shoots, music should, should survive such a long time, but it's because music is obviously something which is relevant now and it, it can last, it, it can retain relevance, but, you know, as far as media go, vinyl is a very safe and very stable and easy to read, uh, 
medium. So there's something in there as well, I think. Yes. Uh, it, yeah, I think I think there's there's a beauty to that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's what you say, actually. It's the beauty also when you buy it. It's when you search for the record and then you find it. And then also when you play it, it's you get you get the image of the record. It's physical and it's not like searching on on the Internet for the, for the music. It's, it's more romantic, actually. It's more... Hmm. Yeah. And it is about the artwork, and it's about the smell. It's about the mm-hmm. you know the, the process of putting it on the turntable. There's a whole mm-hmm. whole 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 other thing that goes with this, rather than buying an MP3, which is essentially thin air. You know, where's your record collection? It's in a box in the corner of the room. You know, this this little hard <laughs> yes. drive. Whereas, you know, every single record you buy has a story attached to it. You, I, yeah. you, I, I would imagine any one of you, you. I could ask you if I went and looked at your record collections and pulled one out. You'd be able to tell me when and where you bought it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there'd be a story behind it. Mm, um, yeah. If you ask, if you ask where uh, an MP3 came from, um, I mean, this it's it's a boring story. <laughs> <laughs> and you might not even remember it because I, I sometimes play end up playing records or playing tracks in uh, uh, as MP3s or as WAV files in my sets, and I absolutely don't know where the hell they came from. You know, it could be yeah. somebody WhatsApping me something or. Uh, downloaded it from somebody who made it for free, available on a, on his SoundCloud, or uh, something I bought in uh, on one of the r- online record stores, or a promo, or I I really don't know where where they came from. It's uh, it sort of feels like there's um, this cloud, and you know, mm-hmm. music sort of lands on your uh, on your desktop, or it's uh, bec- comes to your attention, but um, it's all the same really. It just appears, and um, and then it's there. You know, there's no story behind it. Not at all. Yeah. And I don't know if that happened to you also, that when you're, when you're mixing MP3s, for example, sometimes you don't even know what you were playing and then you make the mix and it sounds great and you're like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Then you have to check for the name of the, of the track. You don't know. It's, it's, that yeah. doesn't happen with the, with the vinyl. At least you know the artwork, you know the artist, and then, you know, it's... it's I've gotten so bad to where I can't remember, like, track names or artist yeah, names. Me neither. Mm. And I... I, on record box because I'm using CJs, I put comments of yeah, what's the same. I did the same, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, and I look through the comments over everything because I'm like, I won't remember, you know. And if sure. someone asks me what that is, I have to look yeah. at it. Oh, this is so and so. I've had so many embarrassing, so many embarrassing moments when I I play something and somebody comes up to me in the booth and they say, "Oh, thanks, man, for playing my track." Thanks, and I'm like, "Who are you? What what yeah. track do you mean?" <laughs> oh my god, it's terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. The connection that you, that's the misconnection with the digital files. Yeah. With the vinyl. True. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. I gotta oh. say hi to some uh, people showing up. I we have uh, somebody from. Um, uh, hold on here. Hawaii, you Hawaii, yeah, nice. Aloha, Hawaii. yeah, Aloha, Aloha, Aloha. <laughs> and uh, Robin is here, of course. Uh, Marcus Sukkot is here. Oh, Marcus, yeah. yeah. Hey, Marcus. Right on. So, um, so yes, yeah, Julia, you sent me some music um, um, yesterday or the day before. Thank uh, you. Me? No, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, it was like oh, my sorry, latest sorry, tracks. Sorry, Adriana. Adriana. Yeah. yeah, my latest tracks, and some of them are coming also. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like a package of five tracks. Yeah, it's some, some really thumpy stuff. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah. yeah, actually, the thing is that I've been like focusing on the modular lately, and uh, I I believe my sound changed it a bit since I've been like using it. 
and uh, and these days, without having any gigs or anything, I, I've learned more of it. So I'm quite happy with it. Uh, so yeah, those tracks were made mainly with a modular. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so so effects and everything, but yeah. So now I will remember the story about these MP3s at least. <laughs> <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> you sent them to me personally. Nice. Which yeah. is great. They won't just magic. I hope you'll remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I will, yeah. <laughs> so did you, you did you um uh you said you learned more about the modular. Is that some is that something you've um because there's more studio time you made a decision you wanted to dive into it more or is it yes, just because sure. Yeah, okay. actually it's it's quite new. Actually, I've been using it like since two, three years ago. Uh, and uh, at the beginning, it was like an addition. You know, I was using my sense and also like I record everything uh, on Ableton. So mixture of plugins and everything. But then with these days, these months, I've been like focusing on it and, and knowing more of the modules I have because it's 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 a big world. So uh, it's endless. So yeah, endless. Yeah. That's what yeah. I love. Yeah, that's that's a good thing of it. So. So yeah, yeah. it seems that you know, with, with just a module, you can you can just make a lot of changes and modulation with just one module and one sound. And when you listen to it, you you think there's a lot of layers and a lot of instruments, but it's, but it's just one, you know, like being mm. processed in different ways. So yeah, it's it's magic. I love it. Do you find you um, you get lost easily, or or do you have a set idea? when you go to it and, and just try to, to set it up uh, in the way you had it in your head before? Or uh -huh. do you just noodle around or do you do both? What is your approach? Because it's a very, it's in, you know, in the, this medium, it's so easy to get lost and to just noodle for hours without uh -huh. uh, a beginning or an end, you know? So how do you deal with that? Yeah, actually, my, my, my process at the beginning, I was a bit lost. I, I have to admit mm. it. Even, even if you know, you know, an oscillator and all the parameters and everything, it's, it's not easy to know where to connect it. But, but with the time, uh, with the days and practice, I've been noticing that uh, if I mix this oscillator with this oscillator and, and I go directly mixing both, and then I, you know, I, I, I've learned that I have some process now. Uh, mm -hmm. How to process the, the percussion, how to mix oscillators with the uh, effects and everything. So now I have it more like clear. But it was very lost at the beginning. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but do you come up with a system and then try to patch it, or uh, are you just sort of going in there and patch it on the fly, or, uh, sort of randomly until you find uh, something? On the fly, actually. Oh yeah. yeah? Okay. Start on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what I, I do. I, like I still, I still don't like. I've been using mod my modular for like I don't know five years now, and I still don't really fully understand every function. I just yes. do. I just plug stuff in until something happens, and I'm like, "Oh wait, that sounds kind of cool." But I don't really know exactly what's happening, like the science behind it. I don't yeah. know if you guys yeah, are the like, same I'm here. Welcome sure is like that. You're like, and also the like, names, the names of the you know of the of the holes where you connect it. It's like, what is this? That's yeah, they don't. So they whatever. don't even have labels sometimes. Yeah, I don't think anybody really can predict what's going to happen. I mean, even if you know what functions uh, you are using. I usually start with an idea, what if I run this through this, and then what if I modulate that with that or something like that, you know? So I, there is a clear idea of a signal path when I start. Mm -hmm. But obviously, of course, you know, even if you do that, uh, what comes out is always a surprise, or it's at least it's something that you cannot predict, you know? So, it's, um, so the system is kind of, the idea for the system is clear to me, 
and that that would be my starting point but then it's basically uh, upon the stuff I find, uh, what what I do next, or how I uh, adjust the patch, or so from that on, moment on, it becomes something that I do on the fly. But it's, uh, um, yeah, it's so it's it's so impossible to to predict what's going on, yeah. you know what 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 will what will happen, what the end result will be. So it's, um, um, yeah, it's a mix between um, coming up with an idea for a patch and then just go with whatever happens. And, you know, I find myself doing this all the time. I don't know if maybe you guys can probably each answer this too. Is like when you, when you find a patch, you find something cool, you record it. Do you leave the cables where they are and then just move stuff around? Or do you start fresh? I, I tend to pull everything out and start fresh all the time. If I that's, have the that's, feeling. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you, yeah, I, you rip everything I, out? I, yeah. I, I, I tend to, if a patch starts and if, if nothing's happened, uh, like, relatively quickly i abort the mission because yeah. Yeah, when, when i when i started getting into the modular thing my whole thing was that i didn't want to spend four hours making it go or you know it had to actually have a purpose so i you know i, I sort of quickly um found that if something wasn't working relatively quickly it was better to remove mm-hmm. everything and going fresh and even when i found a, a, a patch that i really like i i get the most out of it but then you know, I, I don't want to get that again. So let's start fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, for me, it, it's it's always been what what I've worked out is that the, the actual initial sound source isn't what's important to me. It's just it's the modulation. You can't do it with anything else. It, mm. It's it's crazy the amount of modulation, which is what makes it so interesting. Once you attempt to tame that, because essentially you've got three, um, you know, um, uh, you, you know, you've got you, you've got your audio gates and triggers. You know, these these are your paths. So you're you're just basically arranging around those three concepts. That's the way I um, register it. And I I think that the modulation side of it is far more interesting than the initial sound source. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I think I'm a bit like you, James, because you said um, you try to get the most out of it, out of the patch. That's true. I mean, there's some sometimes you have a patch which is built for one purpose to do one line or one one thing, and it's it it might be a very simple patch. You know, you basically used all the all its potential, but if something becomes more complicated, I tend to leave it sometimes for a while, for maybe a few days or even a week, and then just look for other um, sort of realms where it can go into or other sort of uh, yeah, like. Uh, you know, just see what the entire range of the patch would be, you know, um, and which would which started out as something that I had in mind, but then I just try, try to explore and see what else I can get out of it and without even repatching. But if it's, um, um, yeah, when I've exhausted everything, then I'll, I'll, I'll just start fresh again. Mm-hmm. But how do, how do you guys, um, how do you perceive it when you're, when you, you know, when you're recording stuff from the, from the modular? Because I see it as, as, as getting as much foot, footage as I can and then processing again. Mm-hmm. So it, it's still a raw, um, it's still raw elements. And then yeah. I like, I like to really get into what you've recorded from it, mm-hmm. um, afterwards. So, uh, you know, um, I don't ever see my, I don't ever sort of make tracks with it, if that makes sense. You mean you don't I, really I, use it? Yeah, so you, you, you use it as source material and you don't use it live. You don't, you basically record everything and try to build stuff around it or 
using the yeah but I do, I do that with everything i do that with every keyboard drum machine yeah. I, I, everything it's it's i've i've it's kind of the way i like working i like this continual processing kind of thing um to try and mold and and push the sound in 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 a different direction and i think this is where the modular becomes even more interesting because there'll, there'll be certain elements within a patch that you, you might not have even caught when you recorded it but when mm. you go back and you, you you know you start manipulating that sound afterwards it all of a sudden opens up another spectrum yeah true yeah yeah. yeah do you do you, oh sorry go on sorry, there, yeah. what i usually do actually is i i of course i record what i'm doing i usually I usually use it as a sound source and then i process it uh, with, with, the, with the gear with effects actually but then i process it in ableton also with plugins and saturation and everything so yeah as you say james it's like it's a sound source, and then it's 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 incredible how you can create a lot of things from it and modulate yeah. it, and and even create different layers from the same thing. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's a, and that's the interesting thing. It's like you can you can have a really cool sound source from your modular, and like what James is saying, it's like you record it and then you start processing it more in the box or whatever you're doing, and then it's it becomes a wholly com- com- complete different thing. And you're like, whoa! This is like better than what it sounded like when I recorded it, you know? Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. Do you? Um, I, I guess that's a question I have for all of you. Uh, do you uh, multi-track um, or send send different outputs from different parts of the modular um, as multi-tracks to your your door, or do you record just the stereo out? No, I multi-track uh, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I multi-track. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. Stereo, stereo out because I just have a very small, very limited modular, so everything is stereo out into my uh, to my DAW. Okay. Actually, yeah, I, I have a mixer in the modular, so I can you know like multi-track yeah. it in the different channels of the mixer here, and then I have everything separate. But yeah. I also don't. But I also my modular also doesn't. I don't do drums or anything. It's just all synth sounds and and everything else. So. Mm. All my drum sources come from samples or drum machines, like mm-hmm. separate. I see a comment from um, Arthur. I'm not going to attempt his last name, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think he's um, train spotting in your studio, so maybe you can have a give us a little tour, um, uh, Jane, because it does look very impressive. Um, uh, well, in front of us, uh, what have we, got? we got the usual kind of stuff 101, um, the sub 37, um, 909, uh, Nord, Nord Rack there, um, one of the one? early ones, Nord, Nord Rack one, no, it's a two, uh, okay. it's a two, okay, um, uh, the pro one, I don't know if you can see that at the top, yeah, there's, yeah, which is, yeah, I mean. It's a killer machine. Actually, uh, yeah, uh, Regis gave me that back in the 90s. He, had he two gave, gave it to you? Yeah. No, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, but, um, uh, yeah, so, I, uh, yeah, it's kind of mine, but it's, I, it, it, I'll have to give it back one day. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a 202 there, which is basically the 101 without the keyboard, slightly different filter. Um, the modular, obviously. Um, there's Dr. a Nord. Yeah, is that a yeah, I mean that that's oh, yeah. that's kind of a, that's harking back to the old days. I mean, I'm guessing Joachim, you probably had one of those 
The Max 16? I do have one. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. have one. Show you. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, the <laughs> yeah it's the first sequencer I bought, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I've, I mean, I've had that oh, when they first came out, actually, and I, I dread to think how many records I've made on it. It's, uh, yeah, a great bit I, of kit, but... You still um, use it? Not not so often. Um, Give it to Regis. Not so often. <laughs> he, 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 he had one, actually, okay. but I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, we're in exchange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the uh, Electron um, uh, kit, so... The, the, the Digitone is the latest that I got. Um, big fan of FM. And, I heard. That, uh, I think I heard that on your last EP. There was lots of uh, FM stuff going on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, really good. And the Machine Drum also got Octatrack, which I, I, you know, I got for playing live um, a while ago. Yeah. What else? Uh, there's an RZ One. I mean, you got to have an RZ One. <laughs> um, uh, an outboard. I think my favourite thing is the Eventide harmonizer. I've had that nice. for a very long time. It's just, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's Junos, um, Oberheim. Uh, yeah, there's stuff kind of everywhere, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess while we are on it, maybe Adrian. Um, yeah, Adriana can uh, give us a little tour. You see, we can see yeah, the sure. Midas behind you. Yes. So the modular, this here, the modulars here, the Midas, rich channels. Back there, I have the analog rhythm. The oh, okay. Yeah. The Vermona uh, for percussion, the VRM. Oh, uh, how is I, that? Oh, it's really nice. It's it's a bit like a 707, you know? It's very, very okay. metallic. I use it yeah. mostly for hats and, yeah, shakers and snares, you know, like that kind of percussion. Okay. And here I have the synth part. Uh, I have a Monopoly, the SH-101, Vermona uh, Performer, the one that is uh, just uh, under the docker, the sequencer. Oh, that's, that's, the a, old, that's the old drum yeah, yeah, that's a weird-looking one because I know the one which is – which is black, I think. Is that a, an older version? or Yeah, I think version? it's an older version. I bought okay. it secondhand, yeah. Uh, nice. uh, it's, it's, yeah, I've been using it a lot too. It's, it's like having four synthesizers in one, you know. It's, it's, mm. did, you, it. did you say that was a, a – I can't see. Was that, did you say it was a monopoly behind you? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm in love with it. Wow, yeah. I, I'm, kind, I'm kind of jealous. I've, I've never actually <laughs> had one and I've always wanted one. The thing is that the first – the first time I played in Japan, I was I was like dreaming about it, and uh, I found one in a in a guitar guitar shop, in a electric okay. guitar shop, and it was like quite new. It was amazing, so I just brought it with with me in the plane like that. And, yeah, <laughs> you smuggled uh, it like a treasure. <laughs> and then I have the the tape echo, the chorus, the Roland Five Hundred One. Oh, nice! Uh, that I'm using it in almost every track I'm making now. Yeah. I like it very much. Cool. I was I was gonna ask um, James. You said you said you used you have an Octatrack. Um, yes. Everybody, I, everybody I speak to uses it in their own way because it's such a deep machine, and you can you can use it in so many ways. What, what how do you tend to use the Octatrack? Um, probably the most simplistic way I could. The, when uh, we myself and Mark 
uh, Broom, we uh, we started, we did a couple of gigs live as the Fear Ray show, this other project that we do, which um, is kind of not techno, it's, uh, yeah, um, something else. So we, we, we were looking at ways of trying to put that together and the Octatrack had, had come out and it seems the, the kind of obvi- obvious solution because I... I'd played live several times before and the, the kind of, I wanted to remove the laptop from the equation essentially. Mm. Um, and it's, it's an, it's an amazing way of, 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 of manipulating samples and, but I, you know, it, it's very, very deep. And I, I think there'd be people that would laugh at how I use it. They'd be able <laughs> to show me things that um, I hadn't dreamt of it doing. So it's, it's really very simplistic triggering and, and, and uh, mapping out songs within the, you know, the banks and, 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 uh, and just making it work in that way. But um, I'm sure someone that was uh, an ultra track geek would laugh at me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, because it's, uh, again, you know, everybody, everybody you speak to, uh, some people use it for live sampling or other people use it uh, just as a simple drum machine. I use it myself uh, for my live sets as well. And it's uh, probably as simple, you know, it's, it's also the very simplest way. I just use the step sequencer and yeah. just, uh, you know, uh, tap in uh, patterns, basically. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a, you know, one channel dedicated to bassy sounds or kick sounds, you know, and there's a channel de- dedicated to hi-hat sounds. So I swap out the... Uh, the samples and I make patterns with them. <laughs> that's, that's all I do, and I use the uh, I use it use the effects. So there's two um, the inputs are going to two effects channels, and they have um, a chain of stuff which can I can manipulate slightly. You know, so it's it's a uh, it's very simple. I've used it in a more complex in more complex ways and just in the studio. Um, because it is very powerful, you know. You can you can basically create uh, a track out of just one sound, you know, and just yeah. manipulate it in in all kinds of different ways, and and just make an entire composition out of just one sound if you if you would want to. Um, I mean, I, I, it's, it's I, I extremely I found, flexible, yeah, extremely powerful. I found playing playing live as well. I I got the analog heat, so I just mm. run the, the 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 output into the analog heat and. You know, as soon as you turn that thing on, it's like the you know the club's going to explode. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. The, the two put together are, are really uh, a really great combination. Um, but uh, you know, I I don't use it very often in the studio. It was purely purchased for for that live thing. So I, I've I've tended just to keep it in my head as that's what that's for. And and I'm I'm probably missing a, a lot of stuff because of that. But I, I tend to do that with equipment that it might sit for years and then I'll have this kind of, uh, this idea that I'm going to look into it a bit more and wonder why mm. I didn't do it five years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I've heard really good things about the analog heat. So, so you actually, you use, uh, insert it to the, to your master out and you, yes. yeah, like for master. You have to, you, you have to be super careful. Yeah. You have to be super careful with it because it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really heavy, but it it it, it adds a weight and a, um, it, it's fantastic. I, I can't recommend it enough, really, um, for those situations. I, again, I I use it in the studio, but it's really from that um, idea of, of of the live setup. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So again, I'm, I'm, I, it'll be one of those things that I, I delve into a lot more. But it's 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 great. But it's it's a lot of money for a saturation unit. I would say that. How that's what I was going to ask. I was like, is there anything comparable to that? That's that maybe just does as well as a job. That's cheaper. Yeah, it's hardware. How much is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Probably part. the the auto the auto boom. Ah, the auto. The auto. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one too. The red one, right? Uh, yes, it's the red one. Yeah. That's right. I think I asked this question last time. That's right. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. You have to make There you go again. Somebody was talking about the analog heat and, and yeah, it's like it's it's quite pricey for considering what it is. And yeah. I asked for what's the comparable and yeah, I'm going to make a note actually because I, I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had the... Um, uh, analog heat in the studio. Somebody brought it. I don't remember who. I think maybe it was a Yurum search. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, I checked it out. It's a bit more. Um, um, you can. There's a display on it, so you can choose presets, and there's there's um, yeah, there's there's a bit more um, variation in the algorithms, but still the boom is very flexible, and it's it's um, it has a much. It has a totally right wide range of of, uh, of stuff and. Once you get the hang of uh, editing the individual um, parts of the of the chain, um, yeah, it does incredible stuff. Anything from just subtle warming, compression, to crazy distortion and and uh, filtering and stuff like that. So it's, um, I think, yeah, they're they're powerful, really powerful. Do you have, have um, also also have like a limiter or a compressor built into it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's it is one with um, you. You basically have one knob to um, uh, one setting. One setting you can change of the of the compressor, and it's um, probably ratio or a combination of ratio and um, and attack and release because it becomes it just becomes more pumping and pumping when you when you increase the the rate. But it's pr- probably not only ratio. I think it's a, a combination of some parameters. But it's a um, yeah, the, like I said, the the values or the range of, of um, 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 sounds you can get is is very very wide. So it's um, um, a very powerful machine, I think. Mm. Hey, we see a fellow Colombian here. The route. Hey. Oh, Juan. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hello, Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one of the owners of Mute in Medellin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, we were just joking in uh, when we had a pre- pre-chat that there's uh, very often we get during these chats, we get uh, people uh, shouting out from uh, from uh, Colombia, come back to Colombia, and now Colombia is coming to us. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best the best people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you will be back some sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was supposed to play there in September. Actually, I had like three four gigs, but yeah, it didn't happen, of course. So hopefully next year, I tried to go there like once per year. And I was going to play at Mute, actually. Yeah, which one? You're from yeah. you're from from Medellin. I'm from Bogota. Bogota, okay. Yes, yes, yes. But my family yeah. is from Pereira, actually. So it's ah, okay. Yeah. I see um, a question directed to, uh, directly to David uh, from Decoder. Hey, what's up, Decoder? Question for, for you. Um, 
El Sonido. El Sonido, yeah. And he asks you, what is the synth line you use for the main synth? Uh, I used my Prophet 6, actually, for that one. Oh. Yeah. That's and a, it, was, it was just a layer. It, <laughs> it was basically what it, it was the... It was just a copy of the synth, but one filter down to like have the sub. So just like the same patch that I made, but layered one on top of the high end and, you know, the sizzle. And then the baseline was just this filter down version of it. So yeah, Pro 6. I love that thing. Been using that's, a ni- that's a nice technique. You just use one, one sound and just filter it in different ways and um, stack them up. Yeah, especially because especially, especially when you have like a, a sound source that has some sub in there, but you want to bring it out a bit more. And instead of like me boosting an EQ, I'll just like I'll roll off some of the low end on the the higher the higher sound source, and then just compress the shit out of the other one. Excuse <laughs> my language. Just like really <laughs> smash it, you know, and then just like put them together, and it sounds like one kind of glue. Do, 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 do you bust them together and then compress again, or do you you, you know you send so them re- to the stereo? I record them separately. Yeah. So I'll record what I do the first time, and then the second time I'll do it over again. Unless, especially with the bass, I don't really do a lot of changes to the filter, so I don't need to do a whole lot. So I can just. And then when when, when you've got it in the door, would you would you then bust the two yeah. the two synth yeah. sounds together? Yeah. Yeah. So and, and I'll, compress I'll, again. Yeah. So I'll compress the low the low end frequency by itself, and then put them in a group, and then compress them and together. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. So then just like. It's all gelled together and then put yeah. some saturation. Yeah, yeah, I love doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I do that a lot. Um, and use uh, uh, I really like using sort of tape emulators on buses as well. Just to ju- I was just going to say that. Just to glue. Um, do you have a um, UAD UAD plugins? I don't know. I use that tone boosters a lot actually. Oh, okay. um yeah it, it's it's really really good it really brings you know that kind of bass bump you get with with tape emulators they got it just right on that one and uh i just like the way it really glues everything yeah with with uad there's the studer tape machine and the ampex tape machine those i think things? that's they, they got that on waves as well haven't they i think they got those maybe on ampex? maybe maybe, maybe. i'm up I don't use waves very often, but the, the Studer and the Ampex on UAD, man, I like, I love using that on everything. So if I can throw it on every channel, I could, I would do it. <laughs> I have enough digital resources, you know, like DSP. I mean. but yeah, it sounds so good. And it's the same, like you said, adds that low end bump and yeah. like just a little bit of crunch, you know, just enough crunch where it just sounds so warm and, and big. Yeah. I love that stuff. So that's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because your 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 tracks always sound so um you know as simple as they are they fill the entire spectrum you know there's always always something uh on the top end you know really nice and smooth but very present and then the yeah. bottom end is always thumping and um there's no never any frequencies that hurt or anything so it's uh, you've got to balance out well yeah it's honestly it comes from a lot of using those tape plugins man i love them Really okay. Good. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Especially on drums. Yeah. 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 Amazing. I mean, I, I use them on everything. I'm, I'm terrible for it. I, I love, I love those tape emulators. Where yeah. in the process um, do you do you start using them? Is it something you you uh, insert in a channel before you start working, or is it something you add afterwards and see how it works on 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 buses, or is it part of the 
mixing process or the mastering process? Where, where, where um, in, the, in, the, in the process does it happen? Um, for me, um, I, I actually mix to the, the, the master channel, if that makes sense. So I, I have a channel with, with things like that already set up. And mm -hmm. I, I don't add it after I've done, uh, you know, done my tracking. And I, I, I do it as I go along. I like to mix to it. So I'm all, almost doing it backwards, if that makes sense. But um, I know that's not the way you should. But do you do you take it off at some point just, um, or do you take it off when before you send it to mastering or is it always part of the sound design of the whole entire thing? No, it's, it's part of the sound design. But what I right. do is I don't I don't smash things to pieces. No, yeah, so, no, um, you don't overdo uh, it. You know, yeah. no. So there's there's I, I mix to it, but it's, it's stuff. It, it's just very, very slight. Um, a lot of it. But the, the stuff prior to that, the bus stuff will be hit a lot harder. But then I still mix to a master channel. Mm. So there's there, uh, it, it, it works for me. Um, I actually read an article um, a few months ago about someone that was explaining this kind of reverse mixing process, and I'm like, oh, I thought it was me, just you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, th this is the whole thing. I, I I don't think there's any rules to anything. If you if you get no. to where you want to get, that that's that's all that matters. And mm. um, uh, I, I think this this kind of manipulation of sound for me it works having something controlling it at the end to a degree, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I, I, I mean, you, you're well experienced enough to, to, uh, to not fuck it up. But if, if you would start out uh, or if you, you're sort of just learning the ropes, you know, then, then resorting to plugins too quickly can be dangerous because it's... Um, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. You know more. what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, yeah. the, the, the whole... The, the whole plug-in thing can be very, very dangerous. Learn, mm. learn about frequency, about, um, you know, it, I remember when I started and, and you guys might have had the same thing. I can remember when I first started making music thinking, if you throw more and more bass at something, it's going to have more bass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is a nonsense. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. You're actually yeah. taking bass away by clashing, clashing, clashing. It doesn't work. So you've got to find out how to notch things, how to, um, you know, work EQ to make everything have, even it could be the densest track ever, but every single bit still has to have its space. Otherwise, you're cancelling out the important parts. Mm. Um, so you have to learn that before the way that I do it kind of, makes any sense and I, i'm not for a minute saying it's the correct way of doing things but hey <laughs> <laughs> well, like well, you, as yeah. you said there is no there is no correct way as long as you get there i guess mm. no i agree it, it, actually sorry uh, sorry continue continue sorry no no, no I, was, I was just going to say i think it's one of the one of the things that um having not been trained in in, in any of this and, and working out myself the one thing that is the the biggest lesson i think anyone could could pass on is 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 about this frequency clash and about how to make space for everything yeah, sorry get, get, I, get, I, I, yeah get your head around level and eq that's the yeah. first thing yeah 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 and, and also the problem when you that happened to me also when i started making music that i i thought that the more tracks you had the the, the, the the most more complete the track was you know it's like okay another track it's add another thing and, and no it's just modulate the thing in order to have uh i don't know the, the, the whole body and not a lot of tracks because it, 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 it gets messy at the end yes yeah but like it's like when when i when i first started producing 
you know, you you just want to keep adding things and adding things because you kind of just like even you know it doesn't really need it, but you just I guess you kind of get excited about the song. And you mm-hmm. just want to throw little elements in there, and then you end up with like thirty tracks of like random percussions that don't make any sense, and and it just you know, really fills up all the space a bit too much, you know. You're like, and, and David, the, the, the space in your tracks is important as the as you know the, the, the full on parts. The space in your tracks is what makes them work. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's equally as important. You haven't got to fill every gap. You you, you no. don't have to do that. I don't. Yes. I don't think. That's what yeah. I. That's that's what I think too. Yeah, I always I always um, um, say to people that basically for any music or any sound, um, silence is the default state, and from there you kind of work upwards. You know. Mm. That's, that's very true. good. Very good. And also with the plugin thing, what I you know when some some younger producers they'll ask me, what do they think about like ozone or something like that, and I try to tell them, you know. Try to get your mix to sound like this before you have to throw this mm. plugin on the top. You know what I mean? Like, process every sound, mix everything, get your volumes, EQs, and panning right, and don't don't rely on this ozone plugin to throw on the top to make everything sound good because it's 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 immediately going to do that. Of course, you're going to have a bad sounding track and just throw an ozone, and everything's going to get compressed and EQ'd and yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. Polishing like, a third, a third. That's the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a, a yeah. bad mix is a bad mix. You want to yeah. yeah. get to that point before you have to do that. You know, use that as like a as like a little you know icing on the cake. You know, like yeah. Don't, yeah, don't was, let that I, be your your fix all. Yeah, I think the first year or years, maybe even, um, you should really get the level in EQ down. And and if you do use um, these mastering type plugins or like overall processing things. Uh, those are those are really really kind of dangerous because you just use one db here one db there just work on slight little problems that might still exist even if you if you've done your best to you know take care of them while you're mixing but if if some you know it's just to free up some extra space to roll up some bass or some highs or to make a little notch somewhere where it becomes a bit of painful that's yeah. that's really that's really all you need to do with them you know it's not for um not to completely uh, change the the sound because that's something you do while you're mixing down. It's, that's where you get your your sound, and it's just to kind of uh, get the final touches okay, you know, to kind of do the final touches to your your overall sound. And um, uh, but they're not gonna not gonna do any more than that. It's just a tool. It's just a thing to to kind of iron out the last few details, you know. Yeah, but honestly, like I think if 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 plugins like that existed when I first started, I would probably be the person. That I'd be throwing them on my master. <laughs> like, oh, this sounds great. This is all I need to do. But I'm kind of glad I, I had to learn from from the bottom up and 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 level things out myself and figure mm-hmm. it out by myself as well. That's the way to do it. Just figure it out exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, honestly, no like mistakes. that's the way. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. It's like there really, honestly, there really is no wrong way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can you can give you can give points about like what James was saying is like about cutting like i do that a lot more than anything else i cut on the eq more than i boost mm. i tend to do that a lot because you know when you cut something else out something else is going to come forward mm-hmm. so you know maybe that for that's for that part you could you can kind of give that advice but other than that you can boost and cut wherever the hell you want and just as long as you're not eating up the whole spectrum the frequency spectrum you're still going to get a clean mix you know 
Yeah, it works both ways. If you if you think some part of your track is um, uh, too too low in volume, probably something else is eating away um, at that. Yeah. You know, and and cutting a certain region might uh, might bring up the frequencies yeah. that you are missing. Mm-hmm. So it's not always the right decision, or you should try both. You know, if if, if boosting certain frequency that you're missing is is going to help, that's fine. But if uh, there's always the um, the other way, doing it the other way around is worth trying. You know, just cutting something out which is sitting sitting in the way, and to see if that brings up the the thing that you're missing. So it's yeah, yeah something you can do. Well, how many how many times have you guys made tracks that you you think oh, I'm going to go out the weekend and try this out and think you've got the biggest bass you've ever you know, manage to, to, to do. You play it in a club and you go, I went too far. It sounds terrible. Mm. And then you, you, you play it again the following weekend where you've pulled it back, pulled it back. You're like, right, that's where it should have been. Mm. We, I mean, we all must have done it. I, I know I have <laughs> yeah. many times. Um, the time. <laughs> this idea of just pushing, pushing, pushing. But then I suppose you've got to get to that point and then back off and then you know where you are, mm. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I had- I had the I had that issue all the time with the kick drums. It's like I always wanted to bring the kick drum just another dB louder, another dB louder. And like, of course, in my studio, it's gonna it, it's gonna sound a little bit a bit level and, and fine. But you got to remember the club sound systems. That kick's gonna sound massive. And then you play it in the club, you're like, holy shit! I need to bring that kick down and yeah. bring the bass down a bit. You know, that happened to me a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's also highly dependent on where you're playing, which club and the system that you're playing on, you know. Um, there's, the, you know, there's, there's, there's tracks that f- sound amazing in certain clubs and yeah, fall true. apart in others. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's very hard to get that overall all, all balance. But I, I, I definitely think that the, the bottom end is, is the thing that um, a lot of people kind of um, struggle to get right, particularly if you're, uh, uh, processing and processing. Um, yeah, I, I even got. There's a lot of tracks that I, I get that uh, that are supposed to be mastered that still have muddy or um, unclear bottom end. You know, it's it's really yeah. hard. It's it's a really easy thing to miss. Talking about bottom end, by the way, uh, a question from James to uh, Adriana. Mm-hmm. How do you make your bottom end? <laughs> How do you take because you're? You, I mean, do you have a special um, uh, thing you listen for, or tools, or compression, or whatever? How do, how do you deal with uh, with bass? Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I do it. I have these plugins that I use a lot. The D16 group is the, the saturation uh, yes. and uh, beat reduction and everything. So this helps me to. I have like, for example, the bass line. And then I, I just pass it through it, and uh, I get more harmonics from that. I also compress it for sure, sidechain it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's mostly the saturation technique I use. Uh, yeah, it, I, I, it's it's like uh, David said, it's like a it's a plugin that I, I I use almost in every in every track. You know, mm, I think a secret that, weapon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay so but do you um uh listen for specific things like um uh, it, because it, it sounds like it's it's a lot of sculpting going on the way you the way you deal with it yeah actually i i, I make a chain uh it's usually i am um, and now i'm using the modular mostly so uh i usually saturate it and then i just 
uh, I don't boast it with the echoing, like uh, like you said. It's like I, I just uh, take out the frequencies I don't I don't like, and um, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it's like like the chain I use. And what else is in the chain then? Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I have so so the normal chain would be the saturation. Then I have the the compressor. Uh, and then I EQ it, EQ it actually. So that's okay. that's the way. But I always use saturation. Sometimes more, like more distorted or not. Also with with the modules, I have some saturation modules here. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 like that. You are the other. Adrian, I have a question uh, with your with your mixing desk in the back. Are you are you recording? Let's say your module, your hardware, into your DAW. Mm-hmm. And then mixing with the desk, or are you mixing, or are you recording through the DAW. I record everything like multi-track with the with the mixer, but mm-hmm. then the mix. It's like I, I I do the recording each instrument separately, but then the mix and all the the arrangement and everything, mm-hmm. I do it on Ableton. Yeah. Okay. So, so you do, all you the don't... mixing processes. Ableton. So you okay? So you so you, so you it's out to the mixer to. No, to I, I I started. When I, when I got the mixer, actually, I started doing that, but then it was too messy for me. It wasn't easy, you know. I was yeah. like, no. So I decided and, to and make it. And you, Joachim? Sorry. Uh, uh, Joachim, so, yeah. Well, so I, this is an interesting question, actually. Well, actually, Adrian, I, I, I was I was trying to get my head around what Adriana was just explaining. Do you, so you, you have stuff coming into your um, uh, mixer. And then you use a direct out to go to your door, basically. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then you. Well, still actually, have... it's 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 connected via FireWire, so it's analog, but yeah. Ah. Okay. So okay. Okay. All right. So, okay. Yeah. It's okay. Easy. So you don't even need to yeah. use direct outs. You That's can it's, just... it's the FireWire version. So, yeah. So basically, every channel on your desk, desk represents, or every every group on your desk represents uh, a track in in uh, in, in Ableton. Ah. That's it. Is it, the, awesome. is it the Midas Midas mixer? It's a Midas the F thirty two. Okay. Yes. Oh wow! I didn't even know they had a, that one that big. <laughs> yeah. I never seen. I've I've seen the smaller ones, but I have never seen the, the a thirty two channel FireWire one. I think that'd be eight, sixteen, and thirty two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Awesome. So I don't yeah. have to disconnect or and, and reconnect everything. Everything's connected. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is an interesting question, like you say, James, because um, some people um, record just the stereo out, and that's it. You know, just a take it or leave it kind of thing. Mm. Um, I'm. I've done everything. <laughs> I've done all the. I've done all the the methods. You know. I've done direct out from the desk to the uh, to the door and multi track it that way. Or I've done things where it, on the desk we're just uh, grouped to like the eight subgroups and just you, you record the groups separately. That, I mean, that's uh, what I do now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, I've, and uh, I've done, more often than not. And now I, I I usually I even bypass the desk and I make. Uh, I just make chains of stuff, uh, much like you would use a, a modular, but with mm. with sort of all hardware, you know, and mm. and then just uh, have the, the the final stage of the uh, of the output go to the sound card. So it's, uh, and then basically uh, sometimes you know, like to, I've tried, I'm working on a setup now for a project tomorrow, and um, so for example. Um, one sound out of the dr- a drum machine might go through an external filter, or um, and then into um, sort of a reverb uh, on on a Eurorack module, and then that, that will be sequenced with whatever. 
uh, in time with whatever is going on. And that would be one sound. And then I have another chain of stuff, which go, which is like a, a big synth. And then that goes into a pedal and, you know, that goes into a, a compressor or, or something else, you know. So I make like uh, signal paths um, like you would with, with a modular system, but with all hardware. And then the end of the of the chain is, is just one, one sound or a stereo uh, track, you know, and then uh, that goes into the sound card with, with basically bypassing the desk altogether. Um, so um, the only disadvantage is um, I have to sometimes use splitters to be able to record effects separately from the main signal. You know what I mean? So they, they yeah. have to, sometimes I don't do, don't do that because I'm just you know I just go with whatever came out, and sometimes yeah. I do just to have some some um, some room and some uh, a way a way of tweaking things uh, or leveling things afterwards. You know. Um, and then I also have a bunch of small mixers, like or DJ mixers, or even small or these small little cassette Toscan mixers, you know, that I sometimes insert somewhere in the signal path to to be able to use, you know, simple EQ or uh, um, leveling or auxiliaries um, to split the signal out like that, you know. Um, mm. So I, I like working that way because it I kind of create a setup for each each session that I do, and because you just created it uh, you fully understand it and and know its limits and its uh, its range and then i just go with that for a few days and and just take everything apart again so it's basically very very similar to working with a modular system but um, mm. um yeah You're patching a whole studio instead of just a modular <laughs> yeah 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 i like that I've, I've always done that you know but using patch base and then i found it at some point i was just uh, because if you if you have a lot of stuff and you have everything come out on a patch bay, um, of course you can label everything, but it's it becomes this massive Frankenstein thing. And if you <laughs> if you want to if you want to have if have if you have an idea like um, okay, let's just use these three pieces and and just uh, chain them up and see what happens. Um, it's actually quicker that just to put them on the table and 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 just patch them up uh, just for that thing for that session, and then. Just, you know, with with a patch bay, it's sometimes um, you make you can make the same connections, but then your your one synth that you want to have in the chain might be on this side of the room, and then the other one might might be there, and then you would never make that combination. And now I can make any combination whenever I want. You know, so it's a uh, it's a uh, patching without a patch bay, basically. Because <laughs> yeah. wow. okay. how how do you how do you do that, James? Because you have you have a lot of sources. How do you? Do you have a patch bay, or do you have you, have you wired yeah, everything I've, to the desk straight, straight to the no, desk? No, no, I don't because I I tend to move things around a lot. So ah, I okay. I went for a stage of having things sort of more hardwired, and it, it I, I, agreeing with what you said, it, it becomes a pain rather than uh, an easy way of, of of making things happen. So I mean, I have I have a desk under underneath this lot, just literally to to bust things. Mm. Um, because I do all my mixing um, in the computer now, um, so I, d I don't EQ with it. I've got another smaller mixer, um, little Soundcraft, which I actually love overdriving it. It's mm. got it's got an amazing sound, believe it or not, and it's a 150 pound mixer. It's it's nothing special, mm. um, but the uh, when you overdrive it, it's really nice. So. Um, yeah, I, I, th this, this kind of combination changes so often that um, patch baying didn't work. So I, I do, I do have a patch bay, but I've also got the sound card that I've got. It's got sixteen analog ins, 
So mm. I can just, you know, go straight in with with enough sources to get. Um, if I was jamming, um, I could I could get it all in um, without too much too much trouble. But as far as the keyboards all go, they they're not patch made up properly. No. Okay, so yeah, so you you what you said you move stuff around, so you still make combinations you you th- sometimes think of that you haven't used maybe yeah, yeah, yeah 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 very similar to what you're saying i mean you know yeah. because uh, there's things like the even tie pedals and all that you know you if, if you had all that hard white it'd just be a nightmare yeah. it's much easier to get yeah where do you stop cables exactly. and, yeah. and where yeah where do you stop there, there'll yeah. always be something that isn't patch based mm-hmm. um yeah. And I prefer just being able to, 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 to shift elements around, put different things within the, in the chain and, and record those. But, yeah. you know, the stuff that I use constantly is, is, is bust from, from the desk and generally straight into the door. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, do you have a patch bay, uh, Adriana? No, I don't. No, no, so no. everything Actually, from connected to the to the mixer. to the desk, yeah. Yeah, so I yeah I record it there and then I EQ it a bit before, so I do like a premix with a with desk and uh, also the sense, for example, the the auxiliaries. I don't bring the, the the processed signal. I don't bring it back to the auxiliary, but to a normal channel. Ah, yeah, yeah. To, so you can EQ it to and stuff. resend it. Ah, yeah. Again, you know, to send it again or to EQ it or uh-huh. feedback. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It. It's dangerous, though. <laughs> yeah, of course. But if you can EQ it well and everything, it's it's quite yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, nice. Um, let's see if there's anybody. I'm always forgetting people in the comments. I haven't even looked what's going on there. Um, let's see. Do you? I have a question. So someone has yeah. someone. Uh, I don't know how to say that. K Z T W R K. So how much money do you spend on wires? <laughs> oh here. <laughs> Where is? I, I just got it. I, I here. Here we go. Yeah. Because <laughs> because uh, whatever uh, on wires. I don't know. Not not. I've bought most of the like, cabling. Um, um ages ago. ago i mean yeah i mean the 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 cool thing about the um, uh about this place is that um i i use the cables that would normally go in my in my old studio i did have everything uh, patched up in two patch bays right so uh but i've used the same cables uh, which are basically multi cables and have this uh, connection block on the end um 24 inputs oh the the db the tascam ones right uh, no, no, yeah. Well, they they basically have, um, yeah, they, yeah. Pretty much, they go into either to, into the uh, the sound card or they go on one end, and they basically have uh, uh, ports to jack into on the other end. You know, so it's. Yeah. Um, uh, but I've just have them lying around the studio. So I, anywhere I, um, where I am in the studio, wherever the the places where I'm working on a setup or behind a modular there or in the middle uh, behind me on the table, there are these patch blocks just sitting around and I can jack straight into the sound card or into the desk from there. Um, so, so the, it is, it is kind of like a patch bay, but without the, the tedious uh, thing, having the patch bay in, in, in one, um, 
one place. So they they're numbered. So basically, uh, if I if I insert something into channel one on one of these blocks, it'll turn up in channel one on my on my door. So it's a uh, it's the easiest, easiest foolproof way to uh, to deal with it, I guess, and still and still patchable, you know. Um, well, that 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 was going to bring you up to my next question. Is I mean, basically for everyone, do you guys do you guys buy do you invest in good cables or do you just buy regular cheap cables? Yeah, work? sometimes sometimes I I get a load of new ones because some of you know there might be a few that are are becoming old, you know, and and a bit unreliable, so. Um, yeah, so sometime, but it, it's not like uh, buy cables every week. It's just uh, maybe every six months they'll get a, you know, ten more or something, or new ones with different lengths or different yeah. connections. Because I do the the patching here, the way I explained, there are some some instances where you may you have to make a connection w- which um, does have to have standard standard cables. So I have to buy one or I have to get uh, adapters or some something like that. You know, so. Um, yeah. What about you, uh, Adriana? Yeah. Actually, I think I I do both. Actually, it depends. Uh, if it's for uh, for sending it to the to the pedals or for for sending it to the to the effects, I would buy some good ones, you know. But mm. then, otherwise, I think it's both cheap ones and good ones. You don't buy it that often. So I mean, there is there when, is when, like when there's one broken, then like I would buy another one. Yeah, exactly. But that I I think um, David means if there there is like, like cable cables and there is yeah there is cable religion out there. You know, yeah. people <laughs> you know buying gold plated shit and and you know like uh, two hundred euros a meter cable stuff. But I I don't do that. I no, mean, no, I get me good either. I get no, good no, quality no, I get no, good quality no, ones. ones. Try to have every every signal path, uh, you know, balanced as as, as much as possible, mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, I, um, I've, uh, my my music hasn't suffered ever from <laughs> not you know from cheap cables. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I know it makes it makes a difference, especially if 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 you span a long, um, a long uh, distance. Yeah. That makes that is a difference you can actually hear very well. But um, if you, if you make sure you 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 don't use cables that are too long or uh it's just sort of good quality cables off the shelf ones then yeah. you should be fine i guess how about you james are you uh you have a whole magami cable set up over there <laughs> no no um i'm uh, yeah i agree with with all of you guys i think i think there's a lot of um a lot of talk about sort of really high-end cables i'm sure they might have a massive influence on on very high-end recordings but i think we need to be honest with ourselves with what we're recording and uh, the cables that i bought have never held me back at all um i i you know rubbish cables are rubbish because they cause you problems yeah. you know they, they they break and they're dead but um middle of the road cables yeah i've 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 never suffered from using them um you know, it's. I think you can really go down a wormhole with that kind of thing about what you really should be using. I, yeah, I, I think the only uh, thing that above average priced cable are probably the the ones that go from my amp to my my speakers. Those are yeah, they're 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 good quality, proper. You know, expensive ones. My, not not the, my, like the crazy same, expensive actually. one. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think it's the only thing that I I really spent on was. Uh, mm. uh, above the rest was was uh 
Yeah, to the monitors because the monitors. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. I can understand the the need for that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. like, if 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 someone were to buy the most expensive cables and have their whole studio cabled up that way, is there really that big of a difference in quality? Like to the average person that will hear this or is it only for like really audiophile engineers? Well, I mean, I, I, I guess the question is, are you trying to get rid of every, every bit of noise? Mm. Every, you know, is that, yeah, is that what you're after? Yeah. 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 Definition, definition of noise. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. And actually we, we make techno and so, so we need noise at the end. So. <laughs> Adriana, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That that's yeah. That's kind of my point. Why why spend all this trying to make the signal clean when we're trying to make it dirty afterwards? Throw on a tape plug in at the end that has yeah, yeah you know yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so you, yeah, have, like, you know, like hundred dollar cables that that end up having noise anyway. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. I just I just asked that because when when he asked that question, it totally it popped in my mind with the. With the cables, because I have I have a a couple of friends that are really nerdy about their cables, and they're having the most pure audio source they can. And it's like, man, the it, is it really that noticeable? And I think I think it is when you have like the really good monitors and and AD converters and everything. But for well, the average AD, producer. AD converters, I would, I would say, get them, get the the best you can afford because that does make a difference a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does make sure. a lot of difference. But um, no, I mean, there's two, there's two things we're talking about here. There's two, there's one thing is uh, being able to play back what are what you are doing to monitor what you are doing as as accurately as possible, um, and the other thing is uh, how is your sound going to end up on on the recording, you know, mm-hmm. and having having a, a um, a good system to listen through, good uh, you know D to A converters and good cabling and, and um, good monitors is is going to help you decide whether you're what are you doing. You know, it's going to whether yeah. what you're doing is is correct or not. You know, so it, that that is a, a part of the chain that makes sense to have to spend some money on. But uh, if it's just to connect the your rim shot sound to your mixer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, you know, yeah, you can go crazy, but it's not going to make you a better record, you know, because it's it's just part of the the part of the puzzle. Exactly, that was the point I was trying to make. It's like I don't know if it really matters that much in that part, which I totally I totally understand, because like yeah. I actually just upgraded to a I got a Pure Two um, monitoring and ADDA converter, which is actually. I didn't realize how much of a difference I was missing compared to my Apollo uh, mm. monitoring converters. It's so crazy how how much clearer and more definition I'm hearing now. Yeah, the, that that part of the chain is definitely also uh, uh, for listening, of course, but also f- to get your analog sound into your uh, yeah uh, into into the digital domain. You know, this uh, th- that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I've, I've, and it's one of the, it's one of those things that I never really paid attention to so much mm-hmm. because. I have a I have an Apollo from Universal Audio, which is it's good, but until I got this one, I never realized the difference, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm hearing mm. parts that hearing little things that I didn't hear before, and then it makes me like, when once you once you get into this, and it's like, "Damn, I want to upgrade the whole studio." Yeah, and then when you start talking about converters, I never realized how freaking expensive it is mm. like, <laughs> to get some really good quality converters. It's crazy. But for now, yeah. monitoring 
it's it's such a huge difference for me. Yeah, the more the more the the better or more expensive they get, the tinier the the difference will be. Though I mean, the, yeah, yeah. there's an obvious dis- difference between a, a cheap a cheap one like a, f- a few hundred euro one and a and a few thousand euro one. That that's a massive difference, and I would say that. If you've got a little bit of uh, an, an ear for it, you'll everybody would hear that, you know, the difference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but once you go um, up from there, it's going to be percentages or even tastes, you know, the uh, just a matter of tiny, tiny differences. But and then you get into the territory: is it worth the extra investment? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. some are like there's like these like four thousand dollar converters, and it's like, mm-hmm. is it is it that huge of a difference? I don't know. Well, I'm, get, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting into this whole side <laughs> of it lately because I've been getting more into mixing and stuff like that. So I just you get into this wormhole of looking into converters and stuff. And I'm just like, damn, man. Yeah, it's deep. It's, it's <laughs> deep. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> what What are you using, uh, James, for uh, ADDA? <laughs> um, I'm I'm on Mo's two actually, which I, I I bought years ago just purely for the 16. Uh, analog inputs which at the time was quite hard to uh come by but they're they're nothing special but they've served a purpose for me you know it's definitely one of the things that i would uh, in my studio i would uh, look at upgrading um significantly but um i i think it's I think it's the same thing with everything it, 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 it's about results and and where you want mm. to be and if 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 something's lacking, no 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 piece of equipment or plug-in or converter is gonna you know is gonna stop you from achieving your goal if you're if you're looking. Mm. I mean, look what we used to record on, you, you, you know, S nine fifties with I don't yeah. know t- twenty seconds of sampling time in mono and yeah. and a, 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 a rickety old desk that made more noise than a, a jumbo jet, you know. But yeah, yeah, we yeah. made records with it. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think the, the, the converters is a, is, a, is a very big point, which I personally I haven't got into um, too much because what I have works, but it would definitely be the next step to go um, and, and look at something um, better. But, they, they, you know, the, the Motus work for me, the 16A, it's, it, it, it does what I needed to do. It, get, it gets these sources into the computer quickly <laughs> and... and um, and then I can I can play with that sound afterwards. Mm. Um, if if I had higher ends, yeah, you know the source material might have uh, um, more dynamics, but yeah, it's it's weighing up um, the investment, I guess. I think while we're on the spending money on sound, there's a. <laughs> Question again from Kutzwerk, the monitors, speakers, which one does everybody use um, at home or in the studio? I guess studio will be fine if we talk about our studio monitoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see your monitors in the back. What are they, uh, Adriana? The Actually, I these are the Focals, the ah, Shake yeah, yeah. 50. Okay, cool. Uh, actually, I bought them as a second reference. Actually, I had, I had before some Dyn Audios since mm-hmm. like 15 years ago. But I just sold them, and uh, I'm waiting for some Genelex, the the coaxial ones. Okay, nice. So you, you want, yeah. So is that some is that something you uh, consciously do? You want to be able to switch between monitor sets so you can you can kind of tell the difference 
or you actually, can, you can, you can have a, a better 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 idea of what you actually are, are hearing is that, is I've, that idea? I've been working just with it with the Dyn Audio uh, for many years and now uh, that I have this one it's, it's because I want to I want to have both um, both sides of the of the thing you know I want to how do you say that that two versions yeah but yeah, before two I was sets. using just a pair, a pair of, of, of speakers. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, yeah. So the two sets is basically to be able to switch between them and, and have another another perspective on, on what you're hearing. Yeah. Do it. you use do you use headphones at all to uh, to judge uh, what you're doing? At the beginning, not anymore. Actually, not not that often. Uh, mm. Sometimes for just checking some maybe some pannings or yeah, exactly like yeah. details, but not not usually. Yeah, that's what I do. I, 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 whenever I do use headphones, it's basically just to um, check the stereo field things. The imaging. With, yeah, the imaging, mm -hmm. exactly. And um, I don't really trust the, the, the mix on it. In it. Although I do switch, I do switch a lot, you know. I've, I've switched from the main to smaller uh, speakers. And then I use, certainly even use earplugs or whatever and just to, to, get, to get that perspective. And uh, and and more sort of advanced headphones. Just as more, you know, the more places you listen to your music, the better, the more, the more complete the image becomes of, of how what what it actually is. You know how it translates to every every system. Um, yes. Obviously, the most important thing is uh, how does it sound in the club for some of us, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but um, um, yeah, it's good to check it on different playback systems just to decide whether you're in the right direction. Yeah. What about you, James? Um, my, my main monitors are Neumann's. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, closed cabinet, three-way monitors. I, I love them. Um, yeah, they're... Uh, I've never had a closed cabinet monitor before, and it... it I, I mean, it, a lot of this depends on the room as well. Um, yeah, but they, they kind of work in my room. Um, I also have some HS80s, which I I think are great for the money. They're amazing. Um, the, the the bottom end's really good um, for, for for that money. Mm -hmm. um, and I I mixed on them for quite a long time until I had the Neumanns actually. And I've got some Mackie 824s, which are the most hideous things <laughs> ever. Um, they're, they, they're literally used as a stand to put my other ones on. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, they're, they're horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, and, do you and use I did, them? No, never. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> never. They're, they're, they're vile. Um, <laughs> I, and I never realised quite how bad they were until I, I, I've not used them for probably 15 years. Um, they're, they're really horrible things. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, sorry, Mackie, that's a bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the the Neumanns are, are fantastic. They're very very tight bottom ends. But I I, I think I, I tried a lot of different monitors out. Um, I bought quite a few home, the Adams, and and these were the ones that worked in my room. And I think that's it. it it's so relevant the the dimensions and the and the price, uh, what's going on in the room. Yeah, your choice that, that you know the room and uh, the way the room works uh, is yeah. as important for your um, final sound in the room and and the how the monitors work for you uh, as the yes. monitors themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember when I first um, when when I first got the studio together and uh, uh, and I 
I, I just set a few bits of kit up and, and fired it up when I first had it finished and put it on and went, oh, my God, I've just spent six months building this room and it's it's terrible. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, it doesn't work. But then, you know, took a breath, had it treated, you know, uh, put the bass traps in and 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 realized the the, the massive importance of of, of uh, treating a room acoustics and get, yeah. Yeah, yeah acoustics and, and getting rid of your standing waves and and um yeah it, it's a very very um difficult art to get rooms right and there's always a compromise um mm. and You've, you've, you you know you've got to find that balance but but certain monitors that are fantastic for certain people's rooms would sound terrible in yours true, it, 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 true. You, i i think if you can find a company you know a shop that will let you take a few pairs home and try them you, it's it's really um it's a, it's a really positive experience yeah it's the best way to make an a, a choice just listen to them in, in the way they sound in your room and just play music that you know and 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 just see yeah. how how that works for you yeah, yeah it's, it's better than to you know have your uh, your favorite artist recommend some something to you. You know, I get get the this and this monitor because that's what I use, but that doesn't make sense. It's just it never works. No, it, ne- it never works. Maybe maybe for tiny near fields it might because they are less uh, uh, influenced on on the room acoustics by the room acoustics. But um, if you get something a little bit bigger than that, then it's it can be hit or miss in in every room basically. So, so what do you have, Joachim? Um, I've got the for the main systems. I've got the PMC MB2s. Oh, Those are the three-way. Um, they're pretty big. I've had them for for a long, long time for mm. I don't know eighteen years or something. And those are complemented by uh, a massive sub. I've got a twenty-one-inch uh, <laughs> Adam sub, wow. okay. um, which I can uh, bypass or, or you know switch off. By the way. Um, and, uh, and then I have a pair of, uh, at the moment, I have a pair of Genelex, uh, old Genelex. I, um, and I used to have uh, the H, what is it? The, the ones you have, the Yamaha's uh, HS80s. The HS80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they used to be there, but I blew one up, so I still had, I need to get that fixed. <laughs> But they're, they're, they're amazing for the money. They're amazing monitors. Yeah, true. You know? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. They're very bass heavy though. But it's, um, but yeah, for for that price, it's um, it, they're great. Yeah. Absolutely. They're 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 not fatiguing or anything. They they sound they sound pleasant. Uh, they give you a pretty good picture. Genelex are a I bit think, sweet. I think the Genelex are a bit sweetening. You know, they're um, yeah. Uh, you can't play them as loud, you know, because they start to you know sound terrible. Um, but yeah, you can drive the Yamaha's pretty, you know. T- big levels before they uh, they start crapping out i did um, i did fa- find with them because they are um bass heavy that it it, it actually works out quite a good thing when mm. when you know other people that were um mixing stuff in here that you they would pull away rather than this what as we were saying earlier this idea of just layering bass and it's got to be more bass got to be more bass mm. because they exaggerated slightly it yeah. kind of it, it worked in a strange way um, yeah, you know they're certainly not transparent, but I think for the money they're they're as lo- um, and as long as you know what what you what you get from it, you know that's basically yeah. it's uh, speakers are your your way to judge whatever you're doing, and if they give you whatever you know if if they give you a good picture uh, and you know how to read them uh, or how to listen to them, then then it's that's pretty much all you need. Yeah, um, but yeah, the size is important. Size of the room is important. Before I was in this room, this this room is 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 pretty large, so this this can handle 
the waves that come out of uh, such a massive sub and, and the, the PMCs. If the room I had before here was slightly smaller. And uh, to be honest, they have never sounded as good as in this room. Although the room is not acoustically perfect, it's just, um, you know, it's got some hippie treatment, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, just found materials and, and uh, you know, not uh, scientifically treated, but just treated until I thought the vibe was nice and the sound was good. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the, I'm, I'm happy with the sound now. It works for me. I know it's, I know it's, it's not, it's not perfect. The acoustics are not perfect, but I know how the room sounds and how the speaker should sound and what I, what I'm supposed to hear. And um, there, are, there are some places in the in the studio where where it's actually accurate. You know, I know it's accurate because I know it's what I'm hearing. And other places, there's a bit of a dip or a boost in in a certain frequency here or there. But it's impossible to treat the room this size. Um, to sound have the same sound everywhere you know there's always it looks it looks pretty big to be honest yeah 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 the good thing about it the about the the mains though they 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 travel the sound travels throughout the room so anywhere on on the axis between the speakers you are standing or sitting they they give a really good picture so there's it's nice to have to be able to move around and not being having to be stuck in one position to hear what you're doing so Mm. that's that's a good thing Sorry, Jochen, you said you had a uh, Genelex. Which ones? Uh, I don't know what. Uh, but you said you couldn't go like like loud with them. Uh, I tend to play them not as I don't. I, yeah, I tend to play them on a very moderate volume because that's mm-hmm. that's the in this room at least that that's where the the sort of the sweet spot lies. You know, the then then I can actually hear what I, I'm supposed to hear. If you blast them, then it just all becomes. Um, okay. Yeah. Out of proportion. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to know because actually I, 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 I'm buying some Genelex soon, but they seem to be the Coaxial ones, the three-way, they seem to be like the sweet spot. Uh, it's quite big. You, you, you don't have to be sitting in, in the sweet spot in order mm. to hear the whole imaging. So you can move around the, the room uh, without changing the imaging. Right. So hopefully uh, they would work, but yeah, it's not a big room here, but, but either if you move, if I go to the monitor or I go to the other side, I, I, with the Dynaudios, I was losing uh, the stereo thing. So. You can always get a pair of cheap uh, hi-fi speakers, and which, which, uh, which are usually made to, um, to project the sound in, um, in, in the entire room rather than to a sweet spot for mixing. Mm-hmm. And just have them lying around if you're just working on them or, or, or on, on a modular or something. Just have uh, have them standing there. You know what I mean? Just so so the speakers that fill fill this the room with sound mm-hmm. rather than monitoring speakers because they are yeah, like, yeah they're really made they're for direct. mixing yeah mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it's just an idea it can be a cheap solution <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah the Genelecs aren't cheap so but I think I don't know. Is, is your is your room uh, like a, a, a square, a box, Adriana? It's, yeah, it's squared actually. It, it is. I had a lot of problems when I moved here. I've been living yeah. here uh, for for a year now. It's the studio is in one of the rooms of the house, so it's like yeah, it's like here and then here. I have the the DJ setup and that's it. You know, it's it's right. quite small. So I was struggling with it, but then with the Dynaudios, I was using uh, SonarWorks to. You know, sonar works. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but it seems like the Genelec have their own. They come with their own uh, system for for the for the acoustics for the mm. for the room. So hopefully that will 
that oh, would yeah. help. Yeah. Yeah. Jendrick yeah, um, is um, mentioned. He's um, uh, saying uh, the one one o three o a the Genelex is that the one? That's the one I have. And I mean, it's an old. There are the older models without the, okay. the processing. Is that the, the ones one you're I'm getting? having? No, the ones I'm having are the eighty three forty one a. Okay. Yeah. They have this like this system they have it's coaxial, so they have the trader in the middle and then they have two subwoofers, uh also like up and down uh near the, the woofer, so everything's like centered. Okay. So it seems also for the fatigue is less fatigue and everything. That, that's a nice. Yeah. yeah what that's do you, an important David, thing what too. do you have? I have uh, Adam A77Xs as my mains. Um, I don't really mix on those very much. I just like to use those to listen at a loud volume because it's got really heavy sub bass on it. And then I have these small Adam A5Xs, but I've been wanting to switch them out and get like a different brand just to get a whole different kind of perspective on the mixes. It's it's really funny because I I had the seven X's here before I bought the Neumanns. I, I had both those um, monitors, and I could uh, the, the 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 Adams had no bottom end for me. So yeah. that just goes to show how well, that, it's, how, it's the, how a room. It's the A seven seven X. He's got the dual sevens. Yeah. Oh yeah. They had no bottom no, end for you. No, not they. They were just awful for me. But in this room, but they, oh. I'd, I'd heard them elsewhere and they sounded great. But Ooh, in this room, year, like they would, yeah, it, it's, so it just goes to show how room dimension and treating is, is mm. such a major part of, of um, you know, what you're perceiving. Yeah, definitely. And also, I, I mean, like, the thing, too, is the I have uh, I have wood floors as well, which I think helps with a little bit of the sound and, and mm. carries the bass. And um, I know I've heard these are like kind of brick or con- concrete buildings and it definitely did not sound the same as it does in my house or in my studio mm. you know what i mean it's just like for the low frequencies don't travel as well i guess but i really like them but my small the the small ones that i that I usually produce on and do most of my work on i want to switch them out i just i've been doing research and everyone you know obviously everyone recommends a certain brand and and uh it's just if like you what, can, if you can find a shop that will just uh, lend you uh, that's three different pairs, yeah, yeah, you could find yeah. somebody who wants to, who, who would take the effort to bring them to your studio, so you can do, you can sh- do a shootout and have them, you know, a B them against each other and just. Um, it really is the only way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, it, it it sucks that you have to commit to buying these monitors that you have no idea how are going to sound in your room, and then sometimes I don't know how it is over there, but like. Uh, a lot of stores here, they'll have a they'll have a return um, policy, but sometimes it'll be like a restocking fee, so you have to pay to send them back. And it's just like, come on, like it, this is like music production studio. They should know that you have to be able to, you know, try something out before you really want to, you know, take it on full time. And it's not they're not yeah. cheap either. Mm. You're spending at least maybe a thousand dollars or more for something, and it's just like, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah actually here here there's no like uh test before you buy it's you can you can go to the store and listen to it but it's not this no, yeah, no it, way it doesn't help 
There's like a no. million things no. going on in the store. And you're just like, how am I going to hear anything in here? And usually they just have one, you know, you just don't get yeah. the stereo. Or yeah. 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 It, 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 it's funny. Cause like, um, you guys heard of the Nam show that happens out here. Mm. in Anaheim? Yeah. This is like, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those, but you know, there's, yeah, the background noise is probably yeah. There's guitars, and drums, and there's saxophones and synthesizers, yeah. and then there's like a then there's a monitor section, and you're like trying to listen to studio monitors. And you're like, yeah, how, how the hell is anyone going to make any decisions listening here? Yeah, you get to see how the cabinet looks and how it feels, but other than that, you're just like, okay, cool. Like, there's I can there's no way I can make a decision if I want these or not, you know. Mm. At that point, it's like you you kind of rely on the name brand, you know, like oh yeah, they're reliable, they're really well known. But I well, I, let's be honest, there there are no terrible speakers these days, you know. The yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, except Mackie, yeah, <laughs> in James's opinion, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, in my opinion. Yeah, it is just whatever works for you. I, I was lucky to I, I stumbled upon the the PMCs in uh, because the the company I bought them from was so kind to to bring in a new set of speakers. Um, you know, I could I tested several ones for like a week each, and I tried uh, the bigger General X, uh, the um, uh, some Quested. Um, Tannoys, I don't know. There's a, there was like three or four pairs I, I used, and and then um, I installed the the PMCs and I switched them on, and it was like I knew it in an instant. Yes, these are the ones. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. It's very personal too. What kind of sound do you yeah. want? You know? Yeah. That's yeah. that was I was just gonna say. It's like yeah. every everyone reacts different to different monitors. So like, yeah, someone can rec- someone can recommend some really nice PMCs, and you're just like, ah, it doesn't. It's not gelling with me, you know. Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't hit me right. Yeah, yeah. I like the way the, the the ones that I use. You can play them very quietly, and and you can also uh, really um, turn them up, and and they pretty much give you the same image, or at least in in uh, in this room. So it's uh, I I, don't, I I use I tend to play things uh, mm-hmm. louder when I'm working on something. So if I'm I'm working on a track uh, or composing or, you know, m- messing around with machines. I play louder, but when I, but I'm, when I mix down, I tend to play a lot quieter. Yeah. Same. I don't yeah. like mixing too loud. No, I don't mix loud. No. Yeah. No, because, yeah, obviously when, when you get loud, yeah. When you get loud, then you start losing. The proportions get the lost. Proportions. Yeah. 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 If you can, if you can have a nice mix at a low volume, then you're doing something. You're on the right track basically. Yeah. Yeah. You got ask another question about mixing. Have you guys ever tried the method of mixing in mono first before stereo? I do check mono because uh, no, but mixing in mono uh, before stereo before stereo to get your levels. Uh, no, I've not no. tried that. No, no, no. I've, I've tried Maybe. it. I read about it and I tried it out. It's, it's pretty interesting actually because when you actually turn on your stereo switch, everything just freaking explodes. And it's it's a really interesting contrast than than mixing in stereo and checking in mono. Mm. Actually, yeah, my, I, I, my, I do. I do my check monitor it. switch has a mono thing, so I'm going to try that out tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a mono, a mono stereo switch on my uh, monitor controller, so and, and I use it mm. uh, quite a lot. But I I never I never really use that process. First, try to level in mono, and then and then switch to stereo. I've never tried that, but I do check for mono for sure. Yeah. Yeah, always and, mono check. Yeah, 
Yeah. And um, yeah, usually I also, when I do, well, in, obviously I, all, all the all the mixes are in stereo, but I, I try to to approach them sort of like a flower, you know? So the um, kind of 3D, I, I never put everything hard left, right. There's always sort of, there's maybe there may be something hard left right going on but usually it's it's it sort of goes from the center out and then i sort of flower out the sounds mm -hmm. around the, mm -hmm. the sort of the the middle <laughs> that's how i visualize it you know it's like uh, there's always a middle and there are sides and stuff yeah um, and try to get the proportions there working there as well yeah but it's like the 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 thing, the article that I read about is based like obviously you're not you're not planning your space and panning in mono, but like you're getting the EQ and levels and everything kind of to gel together. Mm. And then once you flip it in stereo, everything kind of opens up. Then you can start playing around with your panning and your delays and you know whatever right. create that space. It's pretty interesting. It's an interesting method. I don't do it. This is not how I work. I just wanted to try it out. I was wondered if you guys ever tried this, and I was like, this it's pretty interesting method though. So you have this, this is something you found out recently. Yeah, right. So I, I can't remember where I read it, but the, this 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 producer is a he does electronic music, but he said that he will he will begin mixing in mono and then then do the stereo engine imaging after, which I thought was kind of uh, I don't know. I wanted to try it out and I tried it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I don't know if mm. I really want to. This is not going to be my method going forward. <laughs> But yeah, I'll, uh, either way, I'm still checking mono mixes all the time. Always check mono mixes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's see. What time is it? It's okay. We've got a okay. 15 minutes kind of. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's give the people who are watching uh, a chance to drop in some... Um, Last questions to um, any of us or any subject. Oh, quick we, question. Uh, I, I, I guess we covered everything about monitoring right now. Yeah. I, I just had a quick question monitoring, though, but where, where mm -hmm. is PMC made? Uh, it's or, from the UK. UK, okay. Yeah. Just yeah, I was just curious about that. Uh, yeah, so people who are, um, if there is anything... Um, you want to ask us? This is your chance. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm actually looking at the comments now. I'm not ignoring you. <laughs> uh, maybe I should do a shout out to um, to everybody um, who wants to continue the conversation outside of the stream. We uh, we've got a Discord server set up uh, with a really nice community. It's uh, 700 plus people and and growing at the moment, and uh, that's where we. Uh, hang out uh, with a lot of producers and, and musicians and stuff to basically talk about what we're talking about now, just about gear, producing, um, process, ideas. You can post your music. You can basically talk about everything music production related. Um, so, um, um, yeah, and I invite you to take a look. The link to the server should be somewhere in the, in the description of the video. So, um, uh, and by the way, you guys are invited, James, uh, Adriana, and David. If you want to have a look there, maybe after this, um, you're welcome to um, to join there. Um, Definitely. Okay. Cool. Um, oh, here we go. Just uh, this is the link. It's coming in the. It's in the YouTube comments now too. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So, do, does um, anybody wants to plug anything? Because James, you got this um, EP out. Uh, is it already officially out, or is it just uh, because I I just caught the the snippet so far on the, on your SoundCloud? Um, is um, that's, that's beginning beginning of uh, uh, this year, right? Um, there's, yeah, there's there's been nothing nothing for a, for a while actually since since lockdown. I've not really released anything. I did a thing on Bandcamp, which was some some uh, some sort of stuff I done some more stuff with with Mark Broom. Um, uh, yeah, we we kind of we we've been lots away doing another album for the Fear Ray show for for Scam. Um, oh, cool! Sort sort of making a lot more. Um, Music in that vein, really, because I, I I don't know about you guys, but I've, I have found it slightly uh, difficult to uh, get the kind of club thing going um, at the moment. Yeah, but, it seems it seems everybody seems to just go back to whatever they shelved for a long time and and yeah. uh, and and be more exploratory and uh, um, you know in discovery mode and and sort of do projects that got. Um, sort of swallowed by touring schedules and stuff like that, you know? So it's, it's good to hear that everybody's, um, it's funny because uh, ju- just the week before lockdown, I think it was the week or two weeks before uh, Zach DVS one came over and, and spent a few days and we sort of roughed some tracks out and, uh, it's taken us until now all these months later to actually finish them off. Cause it was so, oh, you know, after, after, uh, you know, we, we, everything stopped. We just thought, you know what, we, we you know, we did all these studio sessions, let's let's get this finished. So that's that's one thing that's coming up. Cool. Um, nice. So so you, you start you started them in your studio and then you basically finished them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we he, he was he, he was in he was in uh, the UK for a few days, so us, you know, he, he came and stayed with me and we we sat and, and 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 we made loads of music over a few days and we've kind of uh, now we just forgot about it because literally lockdown mm. happened and uh yeah, the last few weeks we've uh, kind of resurrected the project and got it got it together. So, yeah, that's 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 one thing that's coming up. Cool. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll definitely keep my eyes eyes out for that. It's a promising uh, a promising duo <laughs> combination. Okay. Awesome. So, is that coming out on? Uh, do you know? Is that? Can you talk about that? Is it uh, where um, it's going to be released, or is it? Uh, it's coming out yeah, soon. Go, is that? Is we, that what you want to? <laughs> share with us no 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 there's, there's an idea of where it would be going but um, okay cool um, I'm not going to say anything just just, no, just yet forget it <laughs> <laughs> what about you David are you um, releasing anything soon anything you want to plug yeah um, I, I went through that phase of not wanting to do club music and then all of a sudden I just said fuck it and I started making club <laughs> tracks and stuff you still got to uh, send me your hip hop tracks man Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually, I got to send it to you, yeah, dude. Because we, we talked about this last time and it totally spaced yeah. on it. That's fine. <laughs> I was just but, so um, curious. I'm just so curious because uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but um, with uh, with my label, Truncade, I, I started releasing other artists. So um, something just came out with this guy, Hertz Collision. It just came out last week. And then I started another little label called Work Tracks, which is like more just Chicago jack-in stuff, all club stuff. Um, that's going to be coming out. Oh, I've out. done a remix for you as well, David. Are you, is that coming out? Oh, yeah. And then J- that's – well, I'm still waiting for some <laughs> other remixes, so 
That's oh, okay. the, you know, I don't want to say too much yet because it's not even nearly done. But I have Mo doing okay. a remix, uh, Drum Cell. Oh, and cool. um, yeah, and then obviously, I mean, I promote my the DJs and beers thing that I do. That's tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Adriana, uh, Adriana, anything uh, we can expect from you? You send me some stuff. Is that um, some of it was already released because I I, I found it before, but um, yeah, anything, some of them were released. Yeah, some others are going to be released. They were supposed to be released uh, this year, but with this mess, they're going to be released uh, next year in March. Uh, I'm also working on an EP for my label for Grey Report. That's going to be out also beginning of next year, and. Uh, yeah, and actually I've been asked to work on tracks for different compilations now. So, uh, like for helping, you know, for, for ONGs and all that. I'm working on on uh, tracks for, uh, it's a community, like a women label community from Colombia. Well, from South America, actually. So it's going to be a compilation uh, of tracks made by South American uh, women producers. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, what else? Yeah, like different tracks for different various various artists. Really. Do you do you always work alone or do you do collaborations as well? I've been working alone for uh, yeah for the moment. I've been working alone. Some remixes, of course, and everything. But mm. yeah, yeah, a collaboration. No. Okay. Yeah. It would be nice. Yeah. Cool. Um. Well, people, I think uh, that kind of sums it up. That covers it. Um, anything uh, Anything else? Or should we just uh, call it a day and move to the Discord server? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't see anything uh, urgent coming from the comments. So, um, all right. Well, I, th um, I think uh, we should wrap it up then. Um, really good to see you. Really good hanging out. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. Um, nice chat. Absolutely. Definitely. Good to have you on. And um, so thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody who was uh, watching in the in the comments on YouTube. And uh, I actually uh, did the, the Twitch thing happen. I don't know. We'll uh, ask Sander in a bit. Hi. So thanks. Thanks for watching. And thanks for um, uh, hanging out with us. Uh, see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Have a good... <laughs> have, have another beer, ciao. David. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye.